Blog Talk Radio. that are doing, uh, you know, a one-second or a half-second splash screen of them in their, their underwear, whatever. That's for nothing more than followership. Exactly. No, I mean, looking at some of the videos out there, I mean, you've got people saying or posting, you know, in this episode, this is the most terrifying evidence, really. Come on. Hey, can you all hear me? Unfortunately. I mean, yes, we can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to get the, the blog talk stuff working. I think I might have figured it out first try. I'm pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, what you see on with YouTube and stuff, I, I cringe. I mean, it, it's painful to watch. I can maybe make about 10 minutes into an episode, and that's it. And that's pushing it. And then you're right. They just drone on and on. And then sometimes they're acting like fools. You can tell they're retaking video because they're doing, like, the surprise look. You know, they, they want to be the next ghost hunters, next ghost adventurers. Yeah. And, unfortunately. Yeah. If, if, and here's the sad part. If they go back and look through the years and look at ghost adventures, look at ghost hunters, look at any of yep. the, you know, big production shows, most of them sucked at the beginning. Yep. But they had a niche. They had a catch. They had something that made them 
stand out to producers. So, and if you don't have that, you know, and I still say that what is it, um, Ghost Brothers, the three black dudes that do it. Yeah. yeah. I still think their entire reason for getting a show was their niche. They're the only, and they weren't even in paranormal. I don't know why they were approached. I don't know what happened for them. I, I think it's a good show. I think it's funny as hell. Um, I'd hang out with those three dudes any day of the week because they're funny as shit. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think I would want them going to, you know, Aunt Sally's house if Aunt Sally's got shit flying around the house. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was more of a diversity issue, too. Yeah. Well, so running the cabin, I found something out. As many events as we've done, as many public groups as we've had coming through, it's very rare that I have any uh, minorities come through, especially blacks. And I asked one one guy one night, I said, look, man, I got to know. I very rarely see any black people come to these things. And he goes, oh, hell no. If it wasn't for her, brother, you wouldn't see my happy ass either. I know what my ancestors did without hoodoo, voodoo, and whatever else. I don't want shit to do with spirits. Yeah. And that was the most honest answer I think I could have gotten. And it it clicked. It resonated with me and made perfect sense to me. Um, You know, being... Being blessed in the voodoo belief, I understand perfectly why he wanted to shy away from it. Yeah. yeah. And and at my at the um, manor house, I'm I'm in the same boat you are. I get very very few black people, and the ones that that do come, they're they are the scaredest ones. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 know the stories that their ancestors have passed down. Yeah. yeah. And but here's a thought too: Why don't those same stories exist amongst the the whites, the Anglo's, the Catholics, the Christians, the you know, not just racial, but along the religious boundaries, the belief boundaries. Is it that there's a huge portion of whites that are just like, I think this shit would be cool, and the others are going, mm-hmm. It, it comes, I, think, shit. I think it comes down to the respect, at least with you know African Americans and their beliefs and what they've been brought up with. They have a healthy respect for the afterlife, where us. We look at it as, oh, this could be kind of fun to do without the respect. See, I guess that's where, well, I I know, and John, I'm sorry I haven't had the opportunity yet to investigate with you, and I anticipate in the future we'll rectify that. We will. But I know I've investigated with Dave, and it's done with the utmost respect. Yeah. And from having spoken to you as often as I have, I'm sure you do it with the utmost respect as well. So it's not a matter of um, 
disrespect. I think it's a matter of they're more thrill seekers. Exactly. And, and, and that's the issue with it within the paranormal field right now is you have investigators, researchers like us who take this seriously. We're in it for the science. We're in it for the curiosity. We're in it to expand knowledge where the majority of them that are out there now, they're not in it for that. They're in it for the fun factor, the scare factor. Yeah, and, and that's where I come. I've said before, you got a ghost hunter and you have an investigator. Yes. Ghost hunters are there having fun. Now, I, I've done both. I've gone ghost hunting and yeah. I've gone paranormal investigating. And there is oh, a yeah. difference in yeah. how I do it. If I'm there, quote, unquote, ghost hunting, I'm just there to see what the hell I can get. I'm not yeah. worried about, you know, I'm not backtracking history. I'm not trying to validate. All right, so I got a voice on the recorder says his name is Bobby. I'm not going back through history yeah. when I'm there right. just having fun to see who Bobby is. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I'm there on a serious yeah. investigation, yeah. I've got a, a total dossier of exactly what I'm after. Mm-hmm. And, and, if you're, and if you're there ghost hunting, there's nothing wrong with ghost hunting. As long as you know you're ghost hunting, you're having fun, don't call yourself a paranormal investigator. But if you're going to do ghost hunting, you've got to be respectful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the issue. If you look on TikTok and YouTube, especially if they're out in the cemeteries or things like that, there's a lot of them that are not respectful for the, at least the sacred grounds of cemetery. They're out there hooting and hollering, um, you know, cussing up a storm, acting like fools. Um, you know, I, I, so I'm a little non-traditional when it comes to investigating, and I think Kimmy can tell you this. Um, I've done several public investigations out of Old House Woods, leading groups through, and I will get non-conventional, and I will get a little obnoxious just to see if I can get a different response from spirit. Right. than when I was doing everything as sweet and kind and respectful as possible. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with stirring the pot to get a result. But that, that's the difference between what we do and what the kiddies do. The yeah. kiddies are doing it out of total disrespect, where if we're going to stir the pot, we are looking for a certain response back. And, of course, so we're going to document that and go, okay, well, we have to, to investigate it, at least this one entity, a certain way. They respond to this type of emotion or authority, uh, authoritative mood, mode versus kids going, oh, you know, this is the ghost of Sally, you know, you know, come out here. You know, we, we know that you've got, you hung yourself, you know. They start going on and on. They're not really doing it for for investigative purposes, they're yeah. doing it for to be stupid, silly, and likes and, and views. Yeah, and frankly, I think they're they're not investigating; they're chastising. Yeah, exactly. They're exactly. they're not quote unquote starting the pot; they're chastising. Yeah, and they're the ones that piss me off. Yeah. Now, anybody that's gone to the cabin with me, and anybody that's been through a group with me. At the cabin, 
knows that when I go to the basement in the Brick Rancher, I open up the basement door and I announce, coming down, asshole. And I do that for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. He and I have, whatever this entity is in the basement, he and I have kind of a relationship of sorts. I don't really know how you would reference it. But even when I'm calm and polite down there, I still get the FUs thrown at me and still get called an asshole on the spirit box and everything else. And I think it's simply because that's what we've got between us. Yeah, that's the relationship you two, both of you guys or gals, have fostered. And it's like kind of a, you know, hanging out with your best bro. You know, you're going to have that little banter. Hey, prick, how you doing? Okay, asshole, how you doing? You know. I think that's what you're probably probably going on. Yeah, and, you know, like with Jerry, um, which, by the way, Jerry, get better, dumbass. We need you back here. Um, I sent her a uh, Facebook message today, and it was nothing more than my smiling face, flipping her the bird, going, here's the heart issues, get better, asshole. Let's just... That's the banter and the rapport yeah. that we have amongst each other. Now, we both know, like she replied back with, thanks, asshole. But we both know it's done with love. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's done with a, a joking manner. The thing in the basement, it's certainly not done with love. Um, that's just me telling it this is where our relationship is at. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, when I go into a private residence, typically I don't know any familial history in that household. I don't know if, you know, if it was grandma's house and grandma died in the living room. So I'm not going in going, ooh, I detect an old lady. All right, you old bitch, where are you at? Are you the one clanging and banging? Exactly. Because one, obviously she wants to be referred to as other than old bitch. And two, you're going to spin that poor family head over heels as soon as you reference. And then find out and go, oh, well, I think it's a older woman and I think this is her name or whatever. And they're like, oh, my God, that's grandma. You were calling her an old bitch. Exactly. There's a totally different respect that comes in with a private residence versus a you know a major known location let's take hillview manor for example even when i investigated hillview manor i spoke with the utmost care and respect except the one spirit that grabbed a girl's ass in my group and then i went nasty mm-hmm. yeah and and, and there, that's the way it's supposed to be and it's a it's a Big difference between provoking and I don't want to say retaliation, but if if they do something first, the gloves come off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. If you scratch somebody in my group, um, you know, or if you son of a bitch, if you. Um, <laughs> You know, call me a fucker on EVP, the gloves are off. It's game time. 
but yeah, I mean, I and I think Kimberly in chat, which I don't know where most chats are taking place at. I'm looking at the Five Time with Jerry Facebook page, so I see Kimberly in the shows three viewing. But you know, she said it's a brotherhood of sorts. It's a military thing. It's law enforcement also. Um, and I think that's kind of it. We've all had to learn respect in one shape or another. Yeah. And you know, once you understand who is most likely going to be at the location that you're at, then you can base your um, respect in Kimmy's boundaries that yeah. way. You know, if if the yeah. family has called you in because everybody there is getting scratched and they're hearing loud bangs in the middle of the night, you've got a disrespectful spirit there that you don't have to treat with kid gloves. Yeah. You can be a little more forceful because that's what it's going to take to get that type of asshole to respond to you so you can learn who and what it is and how to deal yeah. with it. Hey, hey Dennis. Ronnie's Ronnie is asking, "What's the flash? What's that flashing thing behind you?" Ah, that is my team sign. Um, a friend of mine made this for us. It is laser engraved Lexan. Let me switch page here so I can look at my live cam. So. That's what that is. It's got a little LED light pack in the inside, um, the team logo, team name, nice little custom box. Kind of cool. I like really remote for it. I can change, uh, can change colors. Let's go blue. Blue. Go green. Or I can just put it like I had it and just leave it on flash. But um, if you're interested in one, Ronnie, reach out to me. I'll put you in touch with uh, Kevin that made them for us. Uh, GI Paranormal had one made, and FBRI had one made. And Kevin sells them for 60 bucks. That's not bad. Now I asked him. He had the uh, laser engraver, and he was making all kinds of little wooden plaques and everything else. I asked him if he could do my team logo in something, and I said, damn, bro, you know what would be cool is if I could get it on, like, clear Lexan. And he was like, yeah, I can do that. So I got one. Sweet. Um, so what page was that question posed from, David? I, I got it. I read it on the main um, vibe comic on the StreamYard chat. But I'm sure it probably came, came from. Uh, oh, wait, shit. Well, there's another tab up here that I didn't even see. Look, I just called yeah. in on a case, very delicate. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. That's cool. Yes, I did need to. See, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see where it says comments? Click on that tab. <laughs> Back at you, brother, the glove. Yeah, yeah. Look. <laughs> I don't want it dry. <laughs> I even lubed, I even lubed it for you. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, I can, I can actually see a lot of the chat now. Yeah. Isn't that cool? You know, 
it's kind of amazing when you look around and, um, you know, click tabs. But usually when I just randomly click tabs, I put bad shit going on. The last thing I want to do is have this thing, you know, auto-feeding, you know, porn. Not that I look at it. I mean, I do, but I'm not admitting that in public. <laughs> yeah, now I actually get to see all the different chat. I see Ronnie's in here. Hey, brother. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going back. And, and yeah, Austin just said hi to you. Okay, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Hey, Austin. Uh, oh, there it is. Austin, William Ingle is in. Uh, Shayla's in here. I said hi to her at the beginning. Um, okay, I think I'm caught up. <laughs> I don't know. See, I was over looking at the Facebook tab, and the only comments... Um, the only comments I could see were going directly to that chat. Yeah. And I see Sullivan suggests I did. I need to pick mine up soon. Um, but the only chat that I could see was Kimberly. I didn't see anybody else's. Oh, well. It's killing me. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, somebody, um, Tina asked, uh, see, the picture that the woman took at the investigation he had, does he think it's paradelia? If not, why? Oh, okay. So <clears throat> I did that ghost tour for Fort Monroe at the last minute, and they stuck me in Building 10 up in the attic in one of the old barracks, which is like, okay, I, I can do this. And this is a story. Apparently, somebody went up there back in 1995 to do some cleaning, and they saw a soldier wearing post-World War I uniform standing in the corner. <clears throat> Solid as can be, the guy said he looked like he was in his 20s. He started talking to him, saying, hey, who are you? What are you doing up here? And the entity just vanished into nothing in the back corner. So this gentleman went to the museum director the next day to inquire about the ghost stories and told him what happened. And the museum director said, well, back in the 30s, a soldier was standing on the, the balcony and the balcony railing gave way and he fell about four stories down. Well, during the tour, this one tour group came in and she started taking pictures before I started. So. In the photograph that I posted, I'm, if you're looking at the window, I'm to the left in the corner where you can't see me. Good place for me to be. She took this photograph, and I cannot explain it. it there's, in one of the picture frames, you can see a person, and to me it looks like someone wearing a post-World War I And the background is totally different than what you would see out the window at that time. And after she showed me the photo, I, I took pictures from the exact same spot to see if I can recreate it, thinking, you know, it is an old window, it's dusty, there's grime everywhere. 
This is Ice Hook. I could see out the window, and I could see the color of the street lights and the rampart um, on, the, on the other side of the building. In this photograph, you can see a person standing there. You can see the background is totally different than what's outside, and it's more of a grayscale color versus, if you took a picture now, it will be more like an orange light glow. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't explain it. I think she caught maybe that spirit of that soldier that died. I don't know. I mean, if you guys look at it, let me know what your opinions are. But I, I, can't, I can't explain it. It's one of those once-in-a-lifetime photographs. So where do I go to look at it? Uh, where would you go? You should, it could be on my, on my Facebook page itself. Oh, by the way, um, I saw where, uh, Scarlett took a tumble off the horse. How's she feeling? Yeah. Um, a cat move. Didn't mean to change subject. I just no. didn't see that picture when I jumped to your page. You go look from this photograph. No, um, she's sore. We took her to ER today, the urgent care, and they said that if she felt any harder on the ground, she would have broken her hip and her shoulder. Wow. You could, you could see the bruising on the bone from the x-rays. Ouch. Wow. But she got back up right after she fell, you know. Took her a couple minutes. She got back on and continued her her, uh, her lesson. That's good. Yeah, I, look, I I give her like major props because I can't ride horses. So ninety nine percent of animals love me. Um, horses, for whatever reason, don't seem to like me at all. <laughs> um, for our anniversary, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I took my wife to Afton Mountain where we stayed. At that time, it was the um, Afton Inn, and the Inn at Afton, whatever. It's just right up on top of the, the mountain. Here, I'll repost the photo if, it has, if you can't find it. Oh, and I was looking at some photographs from there, but I don't know if I'm looking for your photographs or if I'm supposed to be looking for somebody else's photograph. No, it'll be a picture of a gentleman. Well, it's, it's like three people standing in the attic here. I'm, I'm going to post it. Okay. Wow. All right, I found the picture. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen this picture and seen that flat top uh, hat that it and it was being worn in the uh, window. Yeah. yeah. That flat top is, without a doubt, a era picture. That that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I thought maybe it was because I'm standing about four feet to the left of that window pane in the corner, and I'm thinking maybe. They took a picture with the flash, but it doesn't look like she was using a flash. Uh, maybe it's my reflection, but I would have to be standing a lot closer and in the view of her 
to have that reflection. Well, and as well, I've looked at the, the photographs that you had posted, and there's one of you that's looking straight on at you mm -hmm. in that attic, and you're not wearing a hat that would show up like that. I mean, the, the hat in the question or in the picture in question is a perfect flat brim, not that yeah, not my tired looking hat that you have. Yeah. And if you look to the right of that picture, there's another picture uh, window frame. You can see faces, but that could be explained because you know it is a dusty room. We could be our minds could be playing tricks on us. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I'll disregard that. But that photograph there. Um, I mean, it's a side view. And yeah. and if you look at the buildings behind it. You would not see those buildings at that time of night. Well, I don't know what the time difference is between the photo that is posted right before it, which shows the uh, top edge and gutter lines of the buildings across the way. I don't know if it's the same window. It certainly looks like it. Yeah. Um, but I can see the white trim and everything around the windows across the way. And in this photograph, I can't. Um, yeah, because yeah, because when I posted, you can see like an orange glow to the buildings, right in the picture before. Exactly, and you can see a lens flare coming back because I put the picture with the flash on. Right, and so, there is none of that in this second picture with the three ladies standing in the middle. That was taken about ten minutes after. She took the original one, and when I took that when I took that photograph, uh, she was standing right next to me because I wanted to see if I could recreate it because we were using the same phone, the same Apple type phone. So, yeah, I I think that's a once in a lifetime photo, and that's the first time that I'm aware of the story about this attic being haunted. No one has ever been up there. No one's done an investigation. It's been more of a ghost lore than anything else. But I think with that photograph, you know, it could be that soldier. But then again, the history of Fort Monroe, I mean, that goes back four or 500 years. Yeah. It, could be, it could be anybody. And that attic is four stories up. And that's the roof line right there. So there's, there's not a balcony on the other side of that window. Yeah, so it, it's definitely not somebody standing outside. Exactly. Which, you know, we had something similar at the cabin. We were all sitting in the main room, and Ryan and one of the ladies that was visiting that night both snapped their head real quick to the side window, mm -hmm. uh, like looking towards the brick rancher, and I asked them what they saw. And both of them said they saw a what looked to be a soldier march by the window, but he was straight out in the window. Well, if you actually have been to the cabin, if you look straight out that window, this soldier would have had to have been 10 feet tall to have been straight out that window. Yeah. So when we went outside, I stood where he was, or where they said they saw him walk, and they said there was no way, unless he was 8 feet tall. Um, 
there was no way that he was at the same elevation. So I think what may have happened is over time, the topography of that land has changed drastically. Yeah, but they're still seeing it. Now, here's the other possibility, too, that I thought about yeah. later on. We do know that during the Civil War, there was a home that sat about midway from the room that we call the main room in the log cabin to about midway to the brick rancher. There was a structure in that space. Mm-hmm. Now, was that was the spirit of that soldier or just, I guess, I mean, that one would have to be a residual because it didn't react to them. Was it just replaying? And it's on the elevation that the floor would have been for that home that was there during the war. Well, you see, and that's the other thing with that photograph is that building, which is building 10, the old footprint of the original hospital at Portland Road until about 19... 12 or 1913, somewhere around there, when it was torn down after the newer hospital was built outside the port. So, you know, that could be something related to the original hospital. Could be. Maybe it was a century. Right. Oh, I, what I was going to say was that the story that about the soldier falling, um, I talked to the archivist over at the Fort Monroe, who I'm good friends with, and I had her look for newspaper information the old fire logs from the fire department and it's from the 1930 to 1940. And she, she has a listing of all the units that stayed in that, in that barracks. There's no information of anyone falling, being injured or dying in that time period. So I don't know where this story comes from. I mean, it could be that the museum director misspoke. Maybe he got his time wrong. Pretty big. You know. But I I checked. I, I can't validate that story, even though I had to tell it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to continue looking into it and find out exactly what it is. Or, you know, it could be just a coincidence. It's not a soldier who died or supposedly died. Maybe it's someone else. And there are different spirits in that building. When I was in the attic by myself for about five hours every night, I saw balls of light bouncing along the floor. And where I was standing looking at the fire door where people were coming in, you could see the shadows moving around. So there's a lot more going on there. And hopefully January, I'll be checking it out. Um, very weird. I thought Hope had just walked up here and walked up behind me. Something bumped the back of my chair. I felt the breeze like somebody had approached, and I felt a footstep on the floor. That's why I spun around and was looking behind me like, what the hell? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely interesting. Maybe you can find something, even if it's not in... I would think it would have to be in their archives, and their archivist would be able to find something on it. Maybe. Well, I mean, if it's maybe old field notes, if you can find those. I mean, we have the fire log from the from the original fire station that dates back to 1885, 
four, I believe, on up until the post was um, shut down. So, I mean, I'm going to have to do some digging, but at least I can roll out the 1930s. Yeah, yeah you've got plenty of time. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to answer a question here in the chat. Uh, Kimberly asked, what are we seeing pick up on different shit than everyone else? Basically, children, like seeing women and children partially in the woods and partially in the field. They act like they're hiding around the field. Um, so here's a possibility, Kimberly. I know during a medium session, parts of the brain on EKG activate that typically aren't active for most people. But a medium, when they're making connections, those parts of the brain start showing activity. Yep. Yours may have a different portion of that brain that's going on versus most. So, you know, the, the very well, it doesn't mean that, you know, the things that you're seeing aren't there, you're just seeing it differently or a different part of that image than others are seeing it. So it doesn't mean you're batshit crazy, even though, Kimmy, I love you tonight. <laughs> I, I do think you're batshit crazy, but that's beside the point. Uh, you're just different kind of batshit crazy. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, I can be in the same location with somebody else that has abilities, and the two of us can see things differently because the portion of our brain that is receptive to the median, mediumship and so forth sees it differently. It doesn't mean either one of us are wrong. It just means we see things a little differently than each other. Could it be, um, you know, there's a belief that there's different planes? I mean, if you could see one plane and somebody else sees another plane? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's, well, I mean, it's the same thing that I'm saying. It's just I see this aspect. Mm -hmm. I see this aspect. It doesn't mean either of us are wrong. It means that we're seeing a different portion of that plane. So we're, our, our receptors to those two different fields are those, that same scenario, but our receptors are yeah. getting different. I mean, here, here's an analogy. Think, think of a shower head with the water coming through. If you look at it normally, it's just a stream of water. Think of that as time. So you're just seeing it normally, at normal speed. But if you take a strobe light and point it at the, the stream of water at a certain frequency, you can see each individual drops. So you might see the, the regular stream, and another person might see the individual drops of that time frame. Now, my question, John, why do you have a strobe light in your shower? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're an asshole, dude. <laughs> but you love me and you know it. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't love me, you wouldn't even have bothered to uh, move it up. See, I know you love me now. I love you too, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kimmy, it's not necessarily a perception thing. It's a wavelength thing, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, just like the eyes, the majority of us will see things out the corner of our eye. You know, oh, I thought I saw something move over there out the corner of my eye. The way that the cornea is made and the, the rods in the eyes, we're closer to full spectrum vision on the outside peripherals than we are dead center. Exactly. So I think the brain and ability person works a little different, too. You had to go there, Kimmy, didn't you? <laughs> yes, Kimmy, there is. Um, I can give you a link to it. Um, yeah. Uh, com. Oh, well, I guess I don't need to tell you, Kimmy. David already did. He was already there. It's a new meeting. It's savage time. Yeah. Go to showerstroke.com. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you. <laughs> I almost got that drink shot right back. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to the dumpster fire. Shower <laughs> strobe. Chicken, chicken, bow, bow. See, Jerry, you take a night off, and this is what happens. Oh, yeah, like that would be any fucking difference yeah, if she was on here. Good yeah. point. Good point. <laughs> the only difference is there would be a female voice joining in with us. Yeah. No one hurts. She'll say, yeah, but I'll have my... Uh, Camera on my chest going. Oh, good Lord. I wonder if there's a strobe on it. <laughs> Got a question for you, too. Sure. Yes. A lot of people investigate graveyards, cemeteries, thinking that the cemetery is haunted. Genius, Ronnie, genius. Why would a cemetery be haunted? Well, technically, it should be haunted, but so this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to answer your question with a question, and I'm going to throw it right back at you. Oh, gee, thanks. If, and, and I'm just going to use generic names, if there's a headstone here of John Doe, and right beside it is a headstone for Jane Doe. And you're trying to interact with John Doe, but you get a female that identifies themselves as Jane Doe. Why would that happen? And I have this experience. That's why I'm asking. Uh, okay. Say that again. Okay. You're standing at the head headstone for John Doe, and you're trying to interact with John Doe, uh -huh. but you get a female voice that comes back and identifies herself as Jane Doe, Right. and the headstones are side by side. Mm -hmm. and why would Jane Doe be there? And I have an answer for you. I do, because I have no clue. Go for it. If you have, in the words of my father the night before he died, spent more of his life with my mother than without her, 
when I die, where am I going to go to look for them? I'm going to go where they last were, just in case that is where they are. That's the best I've got anyway. But I was at a cemetery here in Chesterfield, um, and I've got a male voice that came across and said a female's name, and like two headstones over was that female's headstone. But, yeah, yeah I, John, I think you're right. Technically, a cemetery shouldn't be haunted because why the hell would I want to go hang out where my body is when I can go hang out with loved ones or whatever else? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I still think that, you know, if if when I get to that side, if I'm scared and I don't know where to go and I'm afraid to go to the light, I know all of my family was laid to rest here. And someone's going to come and visit you at some point. Right. Why wouldn't I go there? It's kind of like going to the town hall when you come into town That's as a stranger. You don't know anybody. So you go to town hall or, or a community center or whatever in hopes of finding somebody. No, that's that's actually yeah. a very plausible idea. Yeah. I mean, it's the best I've got. And it's, it's the best I've been able to come up with. Go, go back to a location where you know people are going to be that's related to your family. Because not necessarily you can return back to the location of where you used to live because there's a good chance that your family no longer owns that location. Okay, I can, I can run with that. I, I can run with that. Yeah. That makes, yep, I can run with that idea. Yeah, yeah Kimberly, I, I agree old churches are haunted. I I do believe that, but I, I've been to a couple cemeteries. I've never gotten anything, but that's that's just me. Now, see, I have gotten responses. I've gotten numerous responses in cemeteries, but that was where my first um, electronic voice recording came from was an old cemetery. That's what got me into this. In the middle of an empty cemetery at 10 o'clock at night, I hear somebody whistling a tune back on the cassette recorder. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's any one of a thousand reasons as to why a spirit would be in a cemetery. The other thing, too, is what if, like my mom, when she was laid to rest, she had her college graduation ring on. Mm-hmm. And to her, that thing meant so much because here she was, 35 years old, working full time, um, raising a dumbass teenager and went back to school full-time to get her degree in um, business management. That ring meant so much to her. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she would have returned to where she felt the ring would be so she could get it for that journey. I mean, okay, now I, long, I didn't think about shot, that. But yeah, I didn't think about that because people, I, I have seeing where people, when using the term people or spirits, they stay where an, an object is that they they were attached yeah. to. Yeah, God knows I've been in oddballs, antiques, and collectibles enough to know that that place has got some shit. Yes, sir. 
Have you been there, John? No, but I've been to a couple of antique stores where you can just hold an item and it's like, yeah, there's someone that's really watching over this thing. Yeah, and Jerry, you need to do it. You let me know when you get done there playing with the heart doctors and shit. Um, and I'll set us up. Yeah. Um, I, I can get us in there at night and go in and investigate it. Um, I've had some crazy shit happen there. I drew my weapon one night um, before he even opened the store up. I did all the electrical in the store because there were there were like two receptacles on the whole floor, and it's sixteen thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a back store room and a back hallway that runs the width of the uh, store. And in that back hallway, I heard footsteps as I was leaving the storeroom where the uh, breaker panels are. And I turned around and looked, and I saw a full-bodied apparition walk across the doorway. So so clearly and, and solid, I thought somebody was in the damn store. I drew my weapon to go after him. Wow. And Ronnie, I, I can definitely believe that, you know. Uh, I think if someone in the cemetery is attached to a property, example, Bell Grove, where past owners are buried at the church, I think a cemetery that way can be haunted. We've had responses there. Yeah. And I can definitely see that, you know, because that, and if you look back over the years, um, you know, it was very common to be buried on your family property. Yeah. You weren't necessarily buried at the church down the road or whatever. You were buried in the backyard, so to speak. So, you know, it's home. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. for centuries, that was that was the, the norm. And then they started creating the larger cemeteries, you know, the uh, commercial public cemeteries, and that's where everybody would get buried at. But they still associate it with, that's where my family goes. Well, there's also a, a connection to that land, too. Take care, Kimberly. Bye, Kimmy. Bye, Kim. And we've got four minutes left. Yeah, I think the connection to the land or connection to an item or just, quote, unquote, being lost. Hey, Carrie. Love you, yeah. city. Um, you know, you know, you know, it's like when you take your kids to, I don't know, King's Dominion, you say, all right, if we get separated or if you get lost, meet us beneath the tower. Yeah. You're going to go where you think you're going to run into the others. Right. Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Hey, yeah. hey, Dennis, you got anything coming up at the cabin? We do. Um, so this Saturday, and it's not at the cabin, but this Saturday at Woodland Cemetery at 10 a.m., we're going to be placing flags on all the veterans' headstones out there. For those that don't know, Woodland Cemetery is a turn-of-the-century African-American cemetery. Um, it comprises 38 acres. We place about 270 flags. Um, there are still graves to be discovered, but there's what we call the stack behind the chapel that's about 40 or so headstones that never got placed before the last company went out and lost the property. All military headstones. So we do a prayer for them, we place a flag with them, and then we go throughout the entire cemetery and place flags. 
Uh, then December 10th, they'll be at the cabin doing um, event that we've done six years now called A Giving Ghost. And it's a toy drive for Toys for Tots. Bring us a toy, $25 value or greater, new, unwrapped, and that is your admission fee to come in and investigate the cabin of Brick Ranch from the seven acres of active battlefield behind us. That's awesome. Yeah. You said that December 10th? December 10th. And, of course, you know, coming up November 19, here in just a few weeks, we have um, Pamplin Historical Park that we'll be down there with. I, I missed the cutoff date on that one just by, like, 10 minutes after you guys posted it's closed. I went, ah. <laughs> Next time. Mm. Damn, it kind of sucks to be you, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I might know. I might know somebody though. I'll I'll see what I can do. Cool. But yeah, so Pampton Historical Park is is our biggest event at this point. Um, you know, my team has backed off very heavily from doing um, any event simply because there's so much going on. There's so many people that. I, when we started doing, um, I don't know, 12 years ago, we started doing events, um, all of a sudden everybody else doing it. And it's like, all right, fine. So they can do whatever they want. I'll do it, you know, when I have the chance at whatever locations, I'm good with it. Okay, well, thank you for everybody who called in. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I'm hang up, and y'all take y'all tune in to Ryan's show. Thank you.
there this is ryan as you can see uh hope everyone is having a great day hope everyone had a great halloween can't believe uh started sorry november 1st that is crazy i have all these these plans like in september going october i'm like i'm going to do all this cool stuff for halloween i'm going to go out and go to you know, I'm going to pick apples. I'm going to go to King's Dominion. I'm going to go do all this cool stuff for Halloween. I didn't do any of it. But the coolest thing I did was probably go to Spirit Halloween. And that's probably the most Halloween thing I did besides, you know, the uh, going out to the cabin uh, to investigate, which is always fun. We had a good time. We had a, and there seems to be enough time to do all the stuff you want to do or at least I want to do, uh, when it comes to uh, Halloween season. I'll be doing the same thing at Christmas time, probably. Be like, oh, man, we do all this stuff, and then Christmas will come, and I'll be like, oh, crap. I didn't do any stuff I wanted to do. Uh, we'd have, we had a bunch of, um, you know, sicknesses and stuff going on. Angie got sick, then I got sick, and Kimmy got sick. So that definitely threw a little bit of a damper onto our Halloween plans. But then RJ got sick, and he he lasted through all of us getting sick. You know, Angie had COVID, Kimmy had COVID, I got really sick. 
and he was fine. And then, of course, the weekend before Halloween, he gets sick. So we weren't able to go trick-or-treating last night, which was fine. You know, he, we still got candy for him, so he, he had a good time. Um, but we'll make up for it next year. I went out to I work at Pizza Hut delivering pizzas at night. And uh, let me tell you what, some people, I think, leave their brains at home when they go trick-or-treating. They, I went through his neighborhood, and these, these people were just walking right in front of my car. They didn't care, you know? And these kids were all, like, dressed up like witches and stuff, wearing dark costumes. It's like I was, like, creeping through the neighborhood. So I was afraid of, like, somebody running out in front of me. So just a little friendly reminders. If you see someone driving through the neighborhood, get out the way. Just saying. Take a sip of my decaf coffee here. What is up, guys? Got a lot of people in chat. Holy crap! This never happens. Let's have a popular guest tonight. I must say, Shannon. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Kim. How you doing? Hey, Rhonda. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Shayla. Well, damn. Well, I think we are going ahead. Going to go ahead and put our guest on the show. We've got Tyler Darnell from Covert Paranormal going to come on and chat with us tonight. We're super excited to have him on the show. He's been to the cabin a few times, and and uh thought it would be fun to to get him on here and talk about how he got started and some of his adventures in the paranormal. So let's go ahead and uh, get this party started. And, uh, yeah, let's do this. What's going on, mate? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you tonight? I am doing just fine. Happy November. Happy Welcome. November. Welcome. Quick, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It really did. It, for for me, I enjoy the fall. This is my favorite time of year. So mm-hmm. it it seems like this time of year always goes by super fast. And like every other time of year, it just goes by like a snail's pace. It just yeah. God, it's like a blink my yeah, eye. Uh, this this summer uh, just kind of drug by, and I was waiting for fall, waiting for fall, and tired of the heat and. Yeah. I felt like I feel like yesterday was Labor Day. That's how it's like. Yeah. Then I just real, Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, before you know it, it'll be Christmas. And I've got my Don't Stop Believing Santa Claus shirt on. I'm going to go head first <laughs> into the holidays. You're ready. Yeah, oh. man. I've got, I've got people that are reaching out already about doing Christmas mini photo shoots. And yeah. I'm like, we haven't even made it to Thanksgiving or anything like that. And all that is getting for Christmas. Oh, I appreciate Thanksgiving. I appreciate Thanksgiving, but I have got Christmas music like ready to go. If I if there were <laughs> if there were Thanksgiving carols, I, I would play those too. But you know, I don't have any of those, so I'm gonna go ahead and just go full on Christmas. So, uh did you have a good Halloween? Yeah, it was uh, it was very busy. Um I mean I spent the last four days five days really, I think it was five days, yeah, about five days up at Bell Grove. And uh, we spent four nights, John spent, I think, six total nights um, investigating every night with the public. And um, last night we did, a, like, a dinner with the dead um, and paranormal investigation afterward. We didn't have a whole lot of people, obviously. It's Halloween, obviously. It's, a, you know, a work night. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot. But the, the few folks that did show up, I mean, we had a blast. Um and, you know, we were able to actually try some new methods, everything like that. So I feel like that, you know, it's probably one of the better Halloweens I've actually had, 
you know, besides being a kid and going and trick or treating, yeah, one of the better ones to look at. Did you notice when you're out trick when you trick or when you're out trick or treating last night at Philbrook? When you're out investigating last night, did you notice any any like increase in activity um, because of the you know the veil being thin on Halloween night? Um, you know, this has happened um, say probably three years in a row now. Oddly enough. Um, you know, while we did have activity, I don't think it, I, I wouldn't say that it was amplified in any way, shape, or form. Um, and it happened that, I don't know if it was the last year or the year before that, where we did a Halloween event as well, and it was really quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we did do some new methods and everything, and the methods that, that we did try um, really garnered a strong response. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the spirits that we did get to communicate with definitely were were definitely there, definitely had a lot of energy to, to give. Um, so um, I'm not going to say it was, uh, like, dead. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, we went out. Uh, it was me, Howie, and our friend Rick went out to the cabin Sunday oh, wow. night. Yeah, it was really, like we're just, you had, cause Howie just finished the show, and we are like, oh, we're going to go out there and, and see what uh, – what we can come up with. And, you know, honestly, it was, it wasn't like anything that would be like, holy crap, you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely more active than, you know, I was, and I was telling Howard, I'm like, I guess we'd have to do like a full on investigation um, mm-hmm. with like, like longer than just an hour to tell if, it, mm-hmm. if it's any better, if, yeah. you know, um, and it would have to do it. We'd always have to do it like two days in a row, like Halloween and then maybe the day after Halloween to see if it's different the next day. You know, if we really wanted to do a whole like full on like figure it out yeah, it, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um if I could have said next year day I would have. Um, but actually uh my mom and MJ are actually coming down to Chesapeake, so they'll be here. Or else I would have stayed up there and we could have done another one. But um, after that fourth night, after last night, I mean, I was, I was done. Uh, and I know John probably more so, and I know MJ being jet lagged and yeah. everything, and running four nights of investigations and just getting over being, you know, kind of sick from her uh, booster shot. You know, I think uh, we all just kind of had it at that point. You've got a few groupies in the chat here. Um, that one man. Some some girl named Shayla. I don't know if you've heard of her. She, uh, she's asking yeah. all these questions. She's fangirling out over here, over you. It is, oh, it is, it is crazy. I've never seen anything like this before. We <laughs> got questions for you too. Will you take you take questions from your fans? Is, are, are you okay with that? Oh, I guess so, but no autograph. All right. Well, okay. All right. I'll try to, you know, tell her. To, you know. <laughs> so first, have, Tyler, have you ever investigated with other paranormal teams before? Ever <laughs> investigated with another paranormal? Yeah. Team? No, no. Just Never. flying solo. I do it my damn self. <laughs> if I do investigate with other people, I just don't count. No, it doesn't count. Keep it on the no, DL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's how I got my start is investigating with other teams. Um, when I didn't even have a team, you know, when I was never established, I, you know, I had just kind of tagged along with, with other teams. And, yeah, so always with other teams, always. Were you? Did you enjoy? Like, would you? Were you really into the paranormal when you were growing up? Like, did you watch 
like the ghost shows and stuff? Well, you know, I think it was more along the lines of just like horror and thrilling things. They kind of it wasn't necessarily like honed in on paranormal um, because you know when I was a kid, paranormal really wasn't like a word that was ever thrown around or um, a thing. Um, now, granted, uh, when I worked at the air, um, small airport, um, we had actually done our own paranormal investigation without realizing that we were doing a paranormal investigation. Um, so, I mean, I dabbled in it mm-hmm. and everything, not, you know, kind of realizing what I was doing at the moment. But, um, you know, I was doing EVPs on my little Nokia uh, brick phone that had a recorder on it, um, you know, without realizing that I was, recording EVPs because I didn't know at the time what an EVP was. Um, but um, I was always like a child of horror and thriller and everything like that. And then when like the movies Paranormal Activity came out mm-hmm. and everything, um, you know, I, I I wanted to be in the movie theaters watching all of them and I just loved it. We, we would go as kids in high school to like a haunted road um, and it was like the thing to do to roll up next to the cemetery that was sitting in the woods by the road and roll down your window and see how long you could sit there without freaking out. Oh. So, you know, you know, always had a, a kind of a knack for the thrilling things and whatnot. So. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to drive, I used to drive by uh, cemeteries. Uh, I'd always like hold my breath when I'm driving by a cemetery. So cause in my head, I'm thinking, you know, if I hold my breath, they will think I'm dead. So they won't want to follow me home. If I'm breathing, it's like they have like a like a like a radar up. Oh my God, there's someone breathing, and they're gonna follow me home because I am, you know. I mean, it makes yeah, sense in my head, you know. I'm camouflaged. They can't see me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're breathing, yeah, they know you're alive. If you're not breathing, right. they must you must be dead. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how it works. That's yeah. science, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what was your uh, what was your uh, Rhonda says you got a fan club for his photo shoots? I, yes, yeah, I got to get into that photo shoots, man. That's pretty awesome. How you how you doing that? Uh, appreciate it. Pretty. I saw your the ones you did at the uh, powwow. Was mm-hmm. was that Bell Grove? That was those were really really good. Yeah, I wish I could have spent more time there um, on the second day um, and done more, uh, but I had to leave. But um, yeah, that honestly, that's probably my favorite event to shoot is the powwow. It's just a, in general amazing being there. Yeah, the stuff they wear it's so colorful and it's very expressive. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I was going and I was again I was going to take RJ out there, but um, but uh, I think Angie had COVID at the time. And I was like, well, I don't really yeah. want to go out there if that's you know I don't want to have like take any chances. So as we didn't we didn't get to go out, but again another another something another thing I was going to do in, in October that got cut. So but next year a full on October just going to go all yeah. out. Uh, but yeah, uh, what was your when you were growing up? You said you were into horror. What was your favorite like franchise to watch? What was your man? Oh man! I mean, always with the classics and everything. My favorite was always it. Um, you know, I like the supernatural clown. Um, you know, who who wouldn't like the supernatural clown? Well, obviously people that don't like clowns, but um, that's a good question there. Yeah. yeah, 
He doesn't like um, clowns. A lot of people don't like clowns. <laughs> a lot of people. Most people. <laughs> um, yeah, so favorite franchise. I mean, really, franchise scary movies, like, in, didn't really start really, like, popular, popularizing until, like, high school for me when, you know, Paranormal Activity and Insidious and um, uh, The Conjuring Universe kind of came about, and I'm a fan of all of them. Um, not so much the latter of Paranormal Activity. Like, the first one was really good. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, led the way for, like, paranormal movies in my book. I really, really enjoy The Conjuring um, franchises a lot, even though they don't necessarily tell the truth of, you know, what mm-hmm. happened in still a cool franchise. I mean, it's, it's entertainment, so they got to maybe change up a little, up a little bit to... Uh, yeah, change it up a lot of bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if they, they want to do everything, they would go fit it all into a two-hour, two-hour, um, yeah. you know? It was yeah. more of an, an interpretation, like, based mm-hmm. on true events, which means it can basically... It was based on it. doesn't mean it's exactly... It's like I can make it whatever shit I want, as long as they say it's based on whatever these these events were. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just that, um, you know, because when I first started wanting to, like, look into going to the, like, the real Conjuring house, um, you know, I looked up uh, the the history on it and everything and um, found someone that had done, like, a full article on, like, the actual history of um, the Conjuring house and the family and everything that surrounded it, and, um, I mean, when you watch um, the movie, you know, their claims of, like, a Sheba and everything like that, like, none of that's, none of that's even even true, and the woman, Bathsheba, in real life, mm-hmm. um, you know, didn't, I, I mean, she lived, I think, close by, but not really mm-hmm. close by, and, I mean, to the point where people now... Um, you know, if they don't know the actual truth, have gone and like defiled her grave and broken her gravestone, and all because of a movie um, that painted her as a, a witch or you know a, a demonic being, um, which she wasn't in, in real life. And in real life, um, nothing really actually even happened at that house. Um, the most that happened is the guy that was hiking up the road and passed away at a shed that was farther down the road because he, he froze, essentially. So. so I got to ask, what was your, what's, who was your favorite It clown? Oh, man. It's got to be Tim Curry, man. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's got to be. You know, it, if you watch it nowadays, it may not give you the same – you know, care factor or whatever. And Bill Skarsgård, in, in his own right, is freaking terrifying. I mean, he's a freaking terrifying human being without the makeup on. Because he can, like, do that weird thing with his eyes mm-hmm. and roll at the same time. Like, yeah, he's he's a terrifying human being, and I enjoy his adaptation of Pennywise, but you got to go with Tim Curry. I think his performance, I mean, I'm, I do not like horror movies at all. At all. I mean, I, w- I have not seen any Friday the 13th, no Nightmare on Elm Street, but I have seen uh, at least parts of it, like I think the first part of it. And his performance is so iconic 
that you can you say one of those films like you can remember his performances more than you can remember um, Bill Skarsgård's performance yeah. in the movie. It's a, it's a no, part. Very few <laughs> movies that you wouldn't remember Tim Curry's performance. He's yeah, performance. He's just like a standout guy. Yeah, what am I? One of my favorite movies growing up is like it was like a Halloween special came on HBO called The Worst Witch, and he's he's very in it for a very short amount of time, but it's like it's like uh, early like nineteen seventies, maybe uh, early eighties um, like version of Harry Potter. It's got. Um, Marisa Balk in it. Who's, I think she was in The Craft, and uh, I had you know, was that Bobby? Uh, what's the Bobby Boucher, The Water Boy? She was in that movie. Yeah, no, yeah, she's in the yeah, and um, it's got the, the if you remember watching or different strokes, you, they had the old maid in it with the housekeeper in it. Oh, and, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's very short, like uh, scene. And he's like this this character called the Grand Wizard, and he comes out and he lands in this like big giant cage like a mile long behind him, and he sings a song about Halloween, and it's one of those things where I would see the movie and I would I would know that all right it's now October this is out I'm gonna go I mean, I'm I'm walking to the bus stop singing the song you know we're all all my friends are singing it too because we're so excited for Halloween you know and it's like yeah yeah. And that's when like, we didn't have we, – we had cable because we were HBO, but we had, you know, wasn't as many channels. So, you know, stuff like when stuff like that would come on, you'd get super excited for it because, you know, it was the beginning of you know, October, big holiday season and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's one of the, the big buildups in October. I mean, at least for me, I mean, I'm sure other people too, is like movies and shows and everything like that. Like um, it just kind of staples – you know, October and even September, really, um, can make the build-up to Halloween what it is. Yeah, I feel like we've lost some of, like, some of the excitement for uh, these specials. Like, when I was a kid, I would, you know, (coughs) excuse me, middle of October, like on a Wednesday night on CBS, it would be like, like Garfield's Halloween special, and then like Charlie Brown would come on, come on right after that. You know, we'd lay down on our pillows with the popcorn, me and my sisters, and we would do, and it would be like appointment television. You know, and then we'd be like talking to our friends. Did you see Garfield last night? Oh my God, that was so cool. Even though we've seen it like for every year for like the past five or six years, but you know, it was just now it's like with so many channels and so much going on, you can't you forget that the shows are even on and if they are on they're on like streaming networks so you gotta you know like yeah. I think Charlie Brown you, it, you gotta pay for it yeah Charlie Brown he's not even coming on network TV mm-hmm. anymore it's gonna be on Apple TV yeah you know and it's like yeah. it's different when you can watch it whenever you want it's, it's it's when you can watch it when you have to watch it at a certain time or you're gonna miss it you know it's that's uh I kind of miss those days yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm going to go all the way. Kind of go off on a tangent about television. Back in my day, <laughs> we had to find yeah. TVs and, you know. <laughs> Kimmy's over there rolling her eyes at me. 
Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I do enjoy having streaming stuff. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Like you know, like Rudolph. Oh, it's changed the game. It just changed the game. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's like, especially with the with the paranormal, there's so many. Oh, there's Halo. Watch the Great Pumpkin going out to the road to Belgrove this weekend. There you go. Well, that's, you can watch it whenever you want. I guess I just miss the times when you can when you when we it could come on CBS. A little special thing would go like circling oh, yeah. around a CBS special presentation. You know, you know, maybe it'll be different. You know, now that I'm older, I'm looking through things through a nostalgic, you know, eye. Like, oh, this is so much better back then. But you know, I don't know. Even if it was like when Rudolph comes on, I always miss it. Now I'm like, oh crap, Rudolph came on yesterday. Well, Rudolph came yeah. on tonight. I'm the same way. Like, legitimately, I really am. And you know, it's it, it's literally all thanks to the streaming services because yeah. same thing that you're saying. Like, you'll have those holiday specials and whatnot that come on, and um, you know, I'm watching Game of Thrones or something like that, trying to stay up to date, and. And I go back and, you know, I'm flipping through regular TV and whatnot. I'm like, oh, man, like, I would have liked to have watched that. Like, that's my childhood right there. Yeah. And it's all just for nostalgic feels. It's for the feels. Yeah. You know? It really is. When you were, what were your, what was something, what was your, like, your favorite, like, Halloween special when you were growing up? Favorite Halloween special growing up was, I mean, it was Hocus Pocus. Focus, focus. It, it was. I can't lie about that one. I mean, I melded into like Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that one too. Um, but special, I mean, it definitely was focus, focus. Was you when you started like deciding that you were going to go into the tournament? What? How did you? How did you go about like forming the idea that you like this is something I wanted to do? I want to do. Well, really, with the help of other people, <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest, um, because I don't even know if it was necessarily my idea. Um, like, I had been around it for so long and just kind of tagged into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I knew that people out there had, like, paranormal investigation teams and whatnot, um, but... I also didn't know what it meant to have a team or run a team or anything like that. Um, and, you know, when John really took over with the Belgrove um, tours and everything like that, um, he was the one that kind of gave me the nudge along with um, on a night's paranormal event, Brandon, Lyle, and them. Um, they, they kind of gave me a nudge into it as well. Um, and said, you know, you really should think about starting your own team, you know, and whatnot. And I was like, maybe I should. And I did. So, really, I can't credit myself for thinking into starting my own team um, because I was I was honestly nudged into it. So, when you were when you're working at Bell Grove, were you doing on were you going on tours? Were you helping out John and, and all them with the with the investigations? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, essentially just that. Um, you know, I just kind of uh, would come and uh, just kind of tag along. Um, I don't even know if I necessarily re- really even helped too much. 
I was just kind of there and would go around with them and everything. And, um, you know, I just thought it was, I thought it was a cool thing. I mean, I had, I had been doing it long before John got there um, with, like, the other teams that we brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, our first, our first experience with, like, a paranormal team at Belgrade with SDPI, um, I mean, gosh, I feel like it must have been 10 years ago, maybe nine or 10 years ago. Um, and seeing um, them put up all the DVR systems, like all over Belgrade and having like a real deal, um, like command center with the screens and everything. Like it was, it was like amazing to me. And um, to see like results happening in front of my face um, and to, um, have the reactions from not only the that we had with us, but the team and everything. It was exactly like my childhood. Like it was just the thrill and everything. And I loved the thrill of it. Um, so, uh, yeah. What was, um, what's your, like when you go to investigate, what's your favorite piece of equipment to use? Myself. <laughs> Um, I know that's a generic answer. Um, if I had a favorite piece of equipment, um, I mean, I definitely have to throw props to my guy, um, Andy, Andy Guy, the Skyer. Um, I mean, he, he's made me a lot of products. He doesn't make me specifically products, but um, I buy a lot from him every time he pushes out a new product. Um, and one of my favorites from him um, is the Aeroflux. Um, and that's like the tool that um, measures the like change in air pressure um, in the room, uh, and it's all experimental and everything. Like everything that he builds is experimental, um, but that's what I like. I like to see things that are new and that don't work. And so probably the Aeroflux, but I enjoy all of his his um, equipment that he puts out. Um, and other than that, I mean, it's all the equipment for SD's method, because that's one of my favorite things to do, so your headphones and your spirit box and whatnot. Can you tell me about your the first piece of evidence that you caught that was, like, one of those holy crap moments? Like, this is really awesome. Like, what was your, what was your first piece of, like, really good journal evidence? That I caught or that I witnessed? Do what you witnessed and I'll go with what you caught. Let's, let's make it a two-part question. Okay, so witness was, again, <clears throat> with SGPI um, way, way back uh, when Belgrade was still being built and everything like that. Not built, but built up. By yeah. my mom. Um, <clears throat> we were, um, it was a public event, and um, it was, it's funny because we called it Paranormal Night. Um, but, uh, we were up in the control center and we were all taking a break. And like I said, we had DVR all over the, uh, all over the house. So we had a IR camera that was shooting down the length of the basement. And, um, we were watching, um, the cams and everything. They always had someone on the cams watching the cams. And, uh, it was just like all of a sudden. Um, we were watching it, and this huge apparition just appeared 
in one of the far far, far doors down in the basement and um I mean just started like started walking toward the camera. And you can see his arms moving, legs moving, you can see the head kind of moving side to side. And I mean, I know I saw it and, and I know everybody else saw it because nobody said anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing that happened is everybody started screaming, freaking out about this thing that was walking towards the camera. And it got probably about 25 feet away from the camera and then the camera froze. And so myself and another guy ran down to the basement to try to, um, I guess, reset the camera. And we reset it, came back up, and played back, or we went to go play back the footage. When we went to play back the footage, all the footage from where that apparition had started to the point where it froze was gone. Lost forever. But I like that. That sucks. Oh yeah, like it, it was in like I, I it seared into my brain. Like I still remember to this day. It, it was like a milky figure took up a whole entire door frame. A huge guy, and I remember just watching him walk towards the camera. My my dad was sitting behind me. He still remembers it, um, and he was laughing because he thought it was funny. Everybody freaking out, and you know I was like, holy, holy crap. There's like there's really something on the camera right now walking towards it, and there's nobody down there. I mean, were so they that scared was, when they were freaking out? Were they like, oh my? Oh yeah, like, they were. They were. They were screaming. Well, I mean, why are you here? You're here for a ghost hunt. You should be excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Damn. Like people get scared when they go see for a ghost hunt. It was like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> You're on a ghost yeah. hunt now. If you were walking a deer walked by through the house or something, I'd be freaked out too. But Looking yeah. for ghosts, you know? Now, as far as um, evidence that um, I was actually, like, uh, part of gathering, um, and, again, I, I don't know if it necessarily means gathering evidence as much as I was I was there when it happened, um, and that was uh, with John and FBRI and my team, um, covert. I was with Sean and Grace, um, who were the other um, part of my group. Um, and we had two guests. So it was a public uh, public hunt, but, but it was only two people. Um, and um, I was sitting at the top of the staircase doing the Estes method, and um, I, I didn't see anything or hear anything, obviously, because, you know, I had my headphones on. I couldn't see anything. But um, the we were in the caretaker's house at Belgrade, and uh, the doorknob like shook violently. Like Grace was sitting right next to the door, and she said she heard the door like shaking violently. And then it was almost like someone just like dropped, kicked the door open. I um, mean, we we have it on video. We show it to the guests that want to see it and everything. But um, our two guests that were sitting like in the in the room watching. I mean, the woman. I mean. As soon as that door busted open, she she latched on to her husband and, you know, hit her face and everything. And, um, you know, everybody in the room was freaking out. And, I mean, the door, I mean, it, it busted open. Mm -hmm. And it, it was nuts. Um, so, I mean, that's probably my biggest piece of evidence. I mean, it takes force to, to open a door like that, some real energy, you know. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like her, 
made its way into the house or made its way out of the house. I don't know, but it, it had some energy to it. And it must have been pretty powerful because, you know, I know the hard time, spirits have a hard time, like, cutting flashlights on and off and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, getting someone like, hey, you make a noise and make a knock. If we're able to slam a door like that, you know, it's got to be, yeah. gotta be some, yeah. some, some force behind it for sure. Yeah, that, that whole night um, in my book is one probably the most active night that I've had anywhere that I've ever been. Um, I mean, the EVPs that we got, the um, the physical things that happened, um, I mean, it was, it was just off the charts that night. There was, like, some serious energy flowing through that night. I mean, I've never had a night that active before in my life. Yeah, going back to what you were talking about earlier with the apparition, Jamie Hopkins says, seeing a full-blown apparition kind of messes all your senses up. And it's true. I mean, if I see something, like, I saw it was – Dennis was on a Jerry show earlier, and uh, he was talking about a time when I was at the cabin, and a friend of mine and I we were looking – we both looked out one of the side windows, and we saw – like it looked like a Confederate soldier walking by the window, right? And mm-hmm. like when I saw it, I was like, it was one of those things where it's like, my I wasn't sure if I was, saw what I thought I saw until mm-hmm. she said, "Did you see that too?" I'm like, the soldier. She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That and it's like, it's like almost you almost don't believe you're seeing it until. Right. It's yeah, uh exactly. And confirmed. like even with the apparition that was like on the computer monitor, mm-hmm. like I almost didn't want to believe it, but then like I knew that I had to because everybody else around me, you know, without saying anything besides screaming, yeah, um, you know, saw too. I'm wondering if they were screaming because they realized that whole oh, crap this this is real. And it scared the crap yeah. out of them. Legit. They're like, I mean, oh, yeah, you know, kind of well, yeah. Like nine, ten years ago, I mean, the paranormal was still making its way, like really making its way and everything. So, um, you know, teams were still new. And, um, yeah, I, I think the same thing, like the, the public view of it, you know, it was just still, you know, minuscule as far as being exposed to real life. I think like Ghost Hunters was out. I know Ghost Adventures was out, you know. And I, you, you can watch the stuff on TV and you'd be entertained by it, mm-hmm. but you don't know it's real until you actually experience it for yourself yep. and you see something exactly. like that. And it's a wake up call. You're like, holy crap! Exactly. I don't want exactly. my view, my view of life or the world to be changed this much. I wasn't planning on that to happen when I came out here, mm-hmm. but exactly. you know. I guess if you're on a ghost hunt, you got to experience maybe expect maybe something like that might happen, you know. But yeah. I can kind of see now. That I think about that, how that would, you know, maybe elicit that kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are these people who freak out over the smallest thing. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, people, people, um, you know, rub with and you know, public ghost hunts freak out, freak out over just getting feelings. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. you know someone feels like in areas, you know, heavy or something like that, and we've had people, like, completely leave um, and go home. Um, 
you know, if, mm-hmm. if something happens, like a flashlight comes on or something like that, then we've had people leave because they don't feel comfortable, which is it's fair, you know? Yeah. Um, if you've never done it before, you know, no harm, no foul. You know, it's not, I guess it's not for everybody. Um, you know, and we don't want to force anything on anyone. Um, yeah, we've had a few people come to the cabin who are expecting – uh, I don't know, maybe paranormal activity, like whatever happened, like the movie paranormal activity, not just random paranormal activity. They weren't expecting that to happen mm-hmm. when they come to investigate. You know, and if you're already on edge, mm-hmm. the little like the little thing will be like, you know, will set you off, and you will, you know, overreact. I yeah. guess because of your nerves and stuff. You know. Yeah, we actually had a. Uh... This past weekend, we had a girl, um, younger girl, um, that was there with uh, her mom and her brother, and she was very much so on edge. Um, and um, you know, we we did the caretaker stuff first, and um, you know, the well, did we? No, we did the attic first, um, and then we went to go do the basement. And you know, after being up in the attic and having the few things that we had happen up in the attic. Um, you know, she was not about going in the basement. She's like, the basement is bad. She literally said that. She's like, the basement is bad. Basements are bad. And she's like, I'm not going in there. Um, and, you know, without even stepping foot in it. Um, and, I mean, granted, the basement at Belgrove is, like, probably one of the more active areas. It th- There's almost never been anything malicious down there. It's the basement. Do you think it was just her fear of like just yeah you know I mean like I said it, it she she really and truly came into it apprehensive and you could tell mm-hmm. um and uh you know we didn't she she sat up um in the in the dining hall while everybody else went down which is fine like I said we're not forcing anybody to do anything um so yeah. It's, it's always basements and attics that have the stigma. It's like, you're going to find a ghost. You see the attic or the basement. No place else. That's that's where the ghosts live. Yeah. The ghosts that don't, don't that don't know I'm breathing when I go drive by the graveyard. Yeah. They're in the basement or, exactly. or the attic. I mean, I, I, I know that, yeah, some, some people are spiritual ways. Some of them are bad because they're decrepit and run down and I guess, you know, people kind of get the notion that if, if something is decrepit and run down that it must be haunted. Um but I mean our our basement there at Belgrade is actually kinda of nice. Yeah, I know nothing basement. about I know nothing about haunted basements. I don't I don't know anything about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all's basement is a different story. Yeah, yeah, we might have a little something in the basement. Just yeah, a little, a little something something. something. Yeah, got attached to me last time I was there, or the night, the time before. Yeah, I had an attachment. When you go on invest, speaking of that, when you go on investigation, do you um, how do you prepare yourself for? I mean, in the you you investigate Bug Grove a lot. Do you do you like say a prayer? Do you or it's one of those things where it's like I'm I know this place I'm okay compared to other well, places see, like I, I feel like that's like the danger of it too. Is uh, you know especially when you become so accustomed to complacency type thing, like you do it so much repetitively, um, that 
you know, things like prepping yourself and, um, you know, shutting down afterwards and whatnot really just become like a hindrance and, you know, you, you don't want to do them just because you just want to get started and, you know, if nothing has happened to you there mm-hmm. before, why would it happen now or in the future? But, um, you know, I'm definitely guilty of that at Bell Grove. You know, I know not everybody preps themselves or, uh, you know, closes themselves down afterwards, but um, at Bell Grove, I, I never really do any more, which I should. Um, but, like, on other locations, I always do. And that's it's just part of the re- or part of the part of, like, not knowing it, not knowing what's there, um, you know, and whatnot. And, um, you know, after, like we were just saying, after having an attachment on me before, um, it's not really something that I'm looking to experience again. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely do my best at least to, you know, prep myself going in, say a prayer, um, you know, kind of guard myself, put on, um, you know, the trinkets and stuff like that that um, some of my friends and everything have made for me and, um, you know, kind of lean on those and um, my faith and everything. And uh, afterwards, you know, close it down, always make sure I'm saying goodbye and stay here, don't follow me, and then say a prayer afterwards, you yeah. know. Yeah, I find myself, I go to the cabin, I'm, you know, I, I do kind of some lackadaisical would be the word when I go out as far as protecting myself, you know, I just, I guess, again, because I'm out there all the time, I'll, I can drive out there, like, during the day and do, like, investigate, do, do an EVP session. I don't even think about um, saying, you know, don't follow me home or whatever. But, like, yeah. I, where I was out there with, again, I was out there with Hallie on Sunday, and he's opening and closing his EVP session. So, I'm like, yeah, I should probably yeah, maybe think about doing that just to yeah. just to be on the safe side. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to deal with with taking anything home with no. you. You know, I think I, I just happened to be lucky enough to have Kim there that night. Mm-hmm. Um, She's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, she she recognized it actually down in the basement. Um, you know what was going on. Um, and you know, if she wouldn't have been there, then I would have. I don't. I mean, I actually don't know if I would have just continued to to degrade or, you know, if it would have stayed there or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, whatever, I was angry, and I've never been angry like that investigation before. I mean, I was really irritated. I was ready to snap on someone. My teeth were clenched. My fists were clenched, and I wasn't talking. I was just, I was just mad for, like, no reason. And, um, you know, Tim was just kind of staring at me and, are you okay? Are you all right? I was like, fine. She was like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, all fine. right. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> Leave me alone. You sound, yeah. you sound, you sound fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of times, like, people take for granted, like, they're like, okay, well, I've, I've done this before. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. But it's like it can sneak it can sneak up on you, you know, without even even realizing. It's not something that's where it's like, you know, you can feel it. All of a sudden, it it takes its time, and then before you know it, you're like, oh crap, I'm mad, but I don't know why I'm mad. I'm just mad, and everything and, would yeah set me off. Exactly. And you know, people that know me know that I'm not a mad person. Um, you know, I I'm very easygoing, very calm. Um, 
and I don't I don't get mad at a whole lot. I'm very patient. Um, so to be and it's like I know myself, and you know I know that I'm not just going to get you know upset for no reason at all. And plus, there was no reason to be upset. You know, we were yeah. investigating. You know, it's it's not just the big locations that can do that to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it it can be a house. It can be, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like, oh, there is a 10,000 murders in this place, in this location. It's, it's like, you know, just a random house. Yeah, a murder did take place there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't stand out as far as like the big locations where it's like a whole bunch of dark energy compared yeah. to this house where it's just, you know. There is dark energy there, but it it can affect you nonetheless. Yeah. You know. Legitimately. So what is what is your like? What do you think is the most creepy location you've been in? Creepy, thus far. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, well, uh, now I'm losing the name of it. It's Adam Campbell's place, um, Madison Seminary. Um, I think, to me, like, I've been to St. Albans uh, a, few, a few times now, quite a few times, um, and that always holds the creep factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I actually love going to St. Albans, but, um, this, you know, my first time going to Madison Seminary was, this, you know, a couple months ago with uh, John and... Um, and Matt and Jason from GI, and um, that one I don't know. There was there was just something about it that was just super super freaking creepy, and like I've never really had a feeling like that creepy before. Um, you know, down in their little basement area, like I think even John was getting uncomfortable down there, um, and John doesn't really get uncomfortable too much, and um, you know down there and then up on the, I think it's the third floor, um, there's a kid's room and it has, it's, it's so freaking weird. It has a dresser um, that's almost become like a shrine to something. Like people just put like money and like gifts and stuff up on this, on this dresser. It's like, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's almost like a shrine. And I, they said some kind of, I, I think they said evil entity resides up there. And I, I was getting some really nasty feelings up there, too. Like, it just wasn't a, a standard run-the-mill room kind of place. Like, there was something funky going on up in there. But probably the creepiest place for me is probably Madison. I'll check out to check it out sometime. Yeah, it's a cool place. We're getting close to the end of the show. And since Angie's not here, I'll ask the question she likes to ask. You had like no money was money was no object. What are your top three like locations you'd want to go investigate? Mm. MJ and I, I actually had a talk about this a couple of days ago, you know, about if you go anywhere where would it be kind of place. Mm-hmm. And, um I know my I'll start with number three. I think number three would probably have to be the the what is it, the the Winchester Mystery House in California. I think it is. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that would probably be number three. Number two um, is going to have to be the Greenville Manor um, in Greenville, Pennsylvania, which we're trying to line up to go to. Um, apparently it has like some of the most intense poltergeist activity. Um, I don't know if it's at the world or in Pennsylvania or what, but all I, all I saw was intense poltergeist activity. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to try to go there. Um, so we're trying to line that one up. And then my number one, I know it doesn't have claims to like heavy, heavy paranormal activity, um, but um, Brahms Castle in Transylvania is one that I would like to just go and see if I could just get anything. Um, you know, the claims, like I said, aren't, aren't like heavy in paranormal activity, but um, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, go places like that. It sometimes is more about the experience mm-hmm. than uh, actual paranormal evidence. And I guess going anywhere would be about the experience because if you're counting oh, on, if you're counting on that and getting evidence, you're more likely going to be disappointed. But if you want to, if you're going for the experience of going to a place, you know, that, yeah. that is what she really, that's really you know, what she's paying the money for. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, so we are going towards the end of the show. I want to give you a chance to talk about what you have coming up here um, and how people can get in touch with or catch with you, follow you, and come out to your events. Yeah. Um, so um, what's coming up, um, I know that uh, a lot of people should know that I've recently pulled Jamie Hopkins and her daughter Zoe onto my team, um, and they also run the uh, New Child Collection out of Virginia Beach, and there is a fall festival that is coming up here in Chesapeake. I know a lot of folks are in Northern Virginia and stuff like that, but um, if there are any local folks out there that would like to come up to the fall festival and support um, the Moonchild Collection, um, that's going to be a good event. I'm going to try to go out there and um, help them out um, that day. And um, let's see, we have uh, a New Year's event that we are setting up. Um, we think it's going to be Stranger Things themed. Um, it's going to be like a Stranger Things uh, murder mystery, and then we're going to do the whole countdown to, um, you know, New Year's, and then we'll do a paranormal investigation after midnight. Um, so we have that coming up, um, and that's obviously on New Year's Eve. Um and then in January, we are going to be doing a paranormal boot camp, um, and Howie will be a part of that. Um, and we will have Kim teaching classes. Don and myself will be teaching classes. Um, I'll be doing stuff on paranormal equipment and uh, paranormal photography, and John will be doing um, his own thing. Um, Kim will be doing her thing on mediumship, and um, I'm not exactly sure what Howie's uh, taking up yet, but he's going to play a big role in that. And then other than that, it's just kind of like a follow along with us kind of thing as we go out. Um, we're going to take a hiatus from, I think, um, December into January, possibly February, um, you know, start gathering funds mm-hmm. and stuff again, um, and kind of taking a little bit of a rest and a breather. Um, and then we're going to kick it back into high gear and start traveling again. 90 seconds. but 90 seconds, yeah. okay. Yeah, so 
we're going to be traveling again and whatnot, so um, you can follow along on the Facebook page for Covert Paranormal. Um, you can follow along on the TikTok. I haven't put someone in the hot minute, but I'm going to try to get back on that. Obviously, follow along with Moonchild Selection. Um, they do their own lives, um, you know, where they, where they do sales and stuff like that. Um, so follow along with that. I think it's on Um And follow okay. FBRI as well because we're always doing stuff with FBRI. So Perfect. follow them you find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with me tonight. It was a good time had by all. And uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks. You'll be at, you'll be at uh, Camplin. Camplin. Beautiful. Right. Awesome. Need that. I, I forgot. <laughs> awesome. I'll see you soon, brother. You take care. All right, Ryan. Thank you. All right, man. Time. No problem, man. You take care. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Well, coming for watching the show, guys. In the chat, it was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back at Woodland Cemetery. So, we're handing out flags on Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Anybody wants to come out there? And again, we'll be at Pamplin Park, Petersburg, on November 19th, and December 10th, we'll be at the Cabin on 360 for the Giving Gifts Toy Drive. So, I know who we're having the show next week, but it'll be awesome. So, till then, we'll see you soon. Have a good one. Good night. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I will be back here next week. Same freaking awesome time. Same freaking awesome channel. Bye.